0: Listening to the Miracle Word Podcast, we believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. God is releasing secrets to his children. And I'm going to give you some verses today. Maybe you've never seen these verses before, but I pray that today and during this fast, that as you're praying, as you're seeking God's face, he's going to reveal things to you that you had no idea about. He's going to reveal things to you that deal with your purpose, your future, to deal with your um, business, your ministry, that God will give you. Secrets that God will show you things that are to come. You know, the Bible says he knows the end from the beginning. He is the beginning and he is the end. He's the alpha and the omega. So there's nothing God can't reveal to you. And I'm praying that this is going to be a fast that you have things revealed to you from the Lord that you need for your purpose, that you need for your life, maybe something you need for your family. God reveals secrets to his children. And um, I want to start in Deuteronomy 29. Deuteronomy 29. I want you to go with me there. I'm going to read you this verse. As you saw in the title, God is revealing these secrets to his children. God is revealing these secrets to his children. And so today, through this whole broadcast, I'm dealing with the secrets of God, the secrets of God. And so I want to just explain something right up top. Secrets are an interesting thing. Secrets are an interesting thing. And a lot of times, think about it this way. Secrets are based upon relationship. Did you ever think about it like that? Secrets are based upon relationship. Say, what do you mean by that? You don't tell secrets to everybody. If you've ever revealed secrets with someone, you don't tell secrets to everybody. You being willing to tell a secret is based upon the relationship that you have with that person, right? So you're not going to tell a stranger some uh, of your closest secrets, your best kept secrets. You're not going to just walk up to some random person on the street and tell them secrets about your life, things that you don't want anybody else to know. But then there are others that you have intimate relationship with. And if you have intimate relationship with someone, you'll share things with them that you wouldn't share with other people. Get that in your heart. If you have an intimate relationship with someone, you will share information with them that you wouldn't share with other people. And that's what I'm talking about today is that God is not sharing his secrets with everybody. God is sharing his secrets with those who have intimate relationship with him. I'll give you a great um, example of this. Even proximity does not determine knowledge. Put that in the comments today. Proximity does not determine knowledge. That's so important that you understand this. Proximity does not determine knowledge. And here's what I mean by that. I have very close friends that live here where I live, but I also have very close friends that don't live here in Florida. I have close friends that live in other states that I speak to on a regular basis that know a lot of things about my life, but they don't live here. So for example, let's say my father and mother, they're in West Virginia. My cousin, he's in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Others that I have close relationship with, They will know things about me that people who are even in proximity to me don't know. So what do you mean by that? Well, look, I've got next door neighbors and one of my next door neighbors is new. I don't even think I've never even, not only have I not met them, I've not even seen them before, never even seen their face, but they moved in. I have a neighbor on the other side that we talk to relatively often, but that neighbor doesn't know as much about my life as close friends that live in other states, though they live next door. My car may be gone from my driveway for two weeks because I'm out on the road preaching or having revivals. And somebody may ask my next door neighbor, where's your neighbor at? I haven't seen his truck in the driveway for, you know, two weeks. And they say, I, no idea. I th- they're out of town. I don't know where they are. But. You might ask my cousin or you might ask my parents or somebody else that's close to me in another state They say, oh yeah, he's in Ohio this week preaching a revival. Well, why do they know that? And they're not close to me in proximity, but they're close to me in relationship. You say, why are you bringing that up? Because there are people that they'll get in close proximity to God. They'll go to church. But just because somebody goes to church doesn't mean that they have a close relationship with God. Sinners go to church. The devil goes to church. But just because somebody has close proximity doesn't mean that they will have access to their secrets, to their intimate knowledge. And so what I'm teaching you today is that God wants to reveal secrets to his children, but he's not revealing secrets to everybody. He's revealing secrets to those who have intimate relationship with him. Those that have intimate relationship with him. Now, let me say this. Even in the Old Testament, Jeremiah was a prophet, a chosen prophet of God. But even God told Jeremiah, he said, the only way that you're going to find me Watch this now. The only way you're going to find me is if you seek after me with your whole heart. Now that's to a prophet who God is giving intimate knowledge of the future, prophesied the future. Think about it. The only way you're going to find me, God tells Jeremiah, is when you search after me with your whole heart. Powerful. So God is not looking for people who, who treat their relationship with him like a hobby. God's not looking for part-time relationships. God is looking for full commitment. He's looking for diligent, dedicated, faithful people who will go after him with their whole heart. With their whole heart. And when they do, when we do, not only will we find him, find his presence, find his glory, find his revelation, find his manifestations, but... He'll reveal to us his secrets. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to just put it in the comments by faith. I am receiving God's secrets. I am receiving God's secrets. Thank you, Jesus. And that is an interesting passage. Uh, Brother Darrell Pender put in the comments uh, the, the verse Daniel 11.32 Daniel chapter 11 and verse 32, the Bible says, those who know their God will be strong and do exploits. Let me read that again. Daniel eleven thirty-two: 32, those that know their God will be strong. One translation says, will be strengthened and will do exploits. I've taught on this before. What is an exploit? That is a notable achievement. I do too, Denise. She said, I know a guy who likes that verse. I do too. It's her husband, Glenn. I love you, Glenn. I love you, Denise. God is strengthening those who have a relationship with him. Now, here's something people never get about that passage of scripture. If you look in the Old Testament, Daniel eleven thirty-two, 32, the Bible says, they that know their God. That word know does not just mean you have a passing knowledge of who God is. Like you're seeing him at work and passing the hallway and nod, what's up? Yeah, I know that guy. He works down the hallway from me. No. No, the word know there is the same Hebrew word that is found in the book of Genesis where the Bible says, and Adam knew Eve and she produced children. It means to have an intimate relationship with to have an intimate, so it's not just saying people that have heard of God, people that know about God. No, it's talking about people who have an intimate relationship with God will be strengthened, hallelujah, and will produce exploits, notable achievements, notable achievements. Those that intimately know, those that have an intimate relationship with their God. Daniel chapter 11 and verse 32 will be strengthened and produce exploits or notable achievements. God will strengthen his people to produce notable achievements in the kingdom that people will talk about. It will turn heads. You don't you know that's why that's why exploits or notable achievements are so shareable. That's why they go viral because they're uncommon. It's not something you see often. It's like the Bible says, no eye has seen and no ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of any man the things God has prepared for those who love him, things that no eye has seen. And people say, well, I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah, because no eye's seen it. I never heard of anything like that. Yeah, no ear's heard it. And here's the bigger part. It's not entered the heart of any man it means no one's imagined it. <laughs> you know why nobody's been able to imagine it? Because God is able to do exceeding abundantly and above all that you can ask or think according to the power that works in you, that's the Holy Ghost. So get this now, those who have an intimate relationship with their God will be strengthened by the Spirit of God and will produce notable achievements. I want you to expect in 2024 that God is going to use you to do things that are notable In fact, by faith, put it in the comments. Know this about yourself. Put it, I'm not called to be small. Hallelujah. (laughs) I am not called to be small. I'm not called to be small. I love that. I'm not called to be small. I see people writing it in the comments. So vital that you believe that. You're not called to do little things. You're called to do big things. Big things. Hallelujah. Let me read you Jeremiah chapter 30 verses 18 and 19. And understand something about the context of this passage. God's talking about Israel in an Old Testament covenant. But understand that now that we've become Christians... We've been grafted into Israel. We are now Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Paul said a true Jew is one who is uh, circumcised of the heart, not circumcised of the flesh. People that are added in through Christ. Those are the ones that are truly God's people. Abraham's seed. Jesus said that. Paul taught that. And so don't tell me that God's going to do something for his Old Testament children in greatness that he won't do for his New Testament children. Of course he will. Listen to verses 18 and 19 of Jeremiah 30. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will restore the fortunes of the tents of Jacob and have compassion on his dwellings. The city shall be rebuilt on its mound and the palace shall stand where it used to be. Out of them shall come songs of thanksgiving. And the voices of those who celebrate, I will multiply them and they shall not be few. I will make them honored and they shall not be small. Glory to God. They shall not be small. You realize God doesn't just want to multiply them in the Old Testament covenant. God wants to multiply you and your family. Do you know how many people we've prayed for now that were not able to have children? But then God gave them a turnaround, one in our own ministry. God gave them a turnaround in their body, and the doctors said they'd never produce children. They started having children. Why? It's one of God's first commands be fruitful and multiply. I will multiply them, they'll not be few. Amen. You know, God's still doing that today. God's still doing that today. He'll multiply your family, He'll multiply your impact, and I'll honor them. I'll make them honored and they shall not be small. Hallelujah. You are not called to be small. You are not called to be small. (laughs) You're called to go from faith unto faith, from grace unto grace, from victory unto victory. The gospel of John says, of his fullness, we have all received. Of his fullness. If we've received of his fullness, how can we stay small if we've received of his fullness? Powerful today. Get that in your spirit. (laughs) Liz O'Neill said, four babies later, yeah, he'll multiply you. He'll multiply you. So I had you go to Deuteronomy 29 because we're talking about the fact God is revealing secrets to his faithful, dedicated people. That's you. That's you. Now, Deuteronomy 29, 29, listen to this verse. Again, for those taking notes, those putting it in the comments, Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord, our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. The secrets of the Lord belong to the Lord. So if God wants to reveal a secret, the Bible says the things that are revealed belong to us and our children forever. So notice something. The first thing God revealed to us was his written word. The first thing God revealed to us was his written word. And all scripture is breathed out of the mouth of God. Every word in this book is inspired by God. Actually, to be technical, every word in this book is expired by God. It came, He breathed it out of his mouth, and it was the writers who were inspired, and they wrote. But the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, there's no prophecy of Scripture that ever came to be by the will of a man, but each person was carried along by the Holy Spirit and wrote exactly what the Holy Spirit led them to write. Paul never just sat down and just decided to write a letter. He was inspired by God to write. And they knew even then that their words were scripture. Paul knew his words were the word of God. Peter knew the scriptures that were being written by Paul and by himself were the words of God. They referred to them as scripture. They referred to them as God's word. They knew. Nobody decided hundreds of years later, I think what they wrote was the Bible. No, they knew as they were writing it. That it was the word of the Lord. God revealed secrets to us through his written word, primarily. And then, by the Holy Ghost, God gives us secrets about the future, shows us things to come, things that we don't even know. That's why the Bible says, in Romans chapter 8, and verse 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We now have the ability to be led by God's Spirit, hallelujah, to be led by God's spirit. And when God reveals a secret to you, it empowers you to do something that you were not empowered to do before, shows you how to do something. I often use the colloquialism everybody's familiar with so that you can easily grasp this concept, but that's why we say if you give a man a fish, he can eat for a day. If you teach a man to fish, he can eat for a lifetime why because you revealed or imparted a secret to him a way to him and when you did he now benefits not just from your actions but from your ways because he now has knowledge that he didn't have before which empowers him to do something he couldn't do before produce hallelujah if all he knew was that you could catch fish and give him one he can eat one time maybe two if he saves some and has leftovers but Once he has that secret imparted to him, he is now empowered to produce and can eat meals for the rest of his life. Hallelujah. And that's what God will do. God will give us secrets about the future. I wanna show you something in the book of Psalms, and I want you to write it in your notes. Psalm 103, go there with me. Had to get the exact reference. I couldn't remember it off the top of my head. Psalm 103. And this is is really interesting. Because here's two different levels. Psalm 103 and verse 7. Two different levels of interaction with God. Two different levels of interaction with God. Look at this. Psalm 103 and verse 7. God made known his ways unto Moses and his actions or his acts to the people of Israel. So the people of Israel only knew his actions, but Moses had a deeper relationship with God because he was a prophet than the people of Israel did. Notice Moses goes away for a short period of time to just be in God's presence, comes back, they've already started to worship idols. The people of Israel have already begun to worship idols. Moses comes back. What in the world's going on? He had a deeper, more intimate relationship with God than the children of Israel he was leading did. He made God made known his actions to the children of Israel, but he made known his ways unto Moses. That's what we're looking for. I don't want to just see his actions. I want to know his ways. I want access to his ways. I want access to his thoughts. I want access to his secrets. Hallelujah. That's what we're believing for in this time of prayer and fasting. I love to share these stories about uh, the fact that God leads you and it empowers you to overcome in any situation of life by one secret from God. I tell tell the story often about Brother Hagin. He said, uh, when he told the story, he said he was sleeping one morning and God woke him out of a sleep. He sat right up in bed and the Lord began to speak to him and told him that there was a financial recession coming to the United States of America. And then the Lord said, if you'll do the things that I'm telling you to do today, though the recession will come, you will never feel it. You'll never feel the effects of it in your ministry or your life. And so the Lord began to speak, and he took out a pad and a pen, and Brother Hagin began to write down the instructions the Holy Spirit was giving him regarding what he should do before this recession began told him specific things to do, steps to take in his ministry. And so, that day, he didn't delay either. When the Holy Spirit gave him an instruction, he did not delay. He did not delay. So, what did he do? He went into his office that afternoon and began to make the changes. The Lord told him there were specific things. He said there were Uh, areas of ministry that I never told you or led you to get involved in. He said, so every area of ministry that I never told you to get involved in, I want you to get out of it today. And he pulled out of every single thing, project, whatever it was, that the Lord never told him to get involved in. That was the first thing. And then he spoke to him about certain people and said, I never told you to make these people a part of your ministry team. And so, he released them. There were multiple things he told Brother Hagin to do. And then he told the testimony. He said, then, just as the Lord told me, the recession hit America, and he said, I didn't feel it one time, our ministry didn't feel it. He said, there were other ministries that had to start moving backwards. They were pulling off of television, pulling off of radio, shutting things down, and he said, Not only did we not have any um, regression or decrease in our ministry, he said we experienced increase during that time. And he tells the story that it was during that recession that all of the finances came in to build the Bible school campus at that time, and they paid cash to build the Bible school campus during a recession. What empowered them to be able to do that? All he had was secrets from God, secrets from God. Think about how powerful that is. He made known his actions to the children of Israel, but he made known his ways unto Moses. I want access. You want access to his ways and his thoughts. You say, well, why is that? It's because as the prophet Isaiah wrote, God speaking here, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Glory to God. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. There are things that I've done in the past. I don't know why I did them. I don't know why I did them, but I found out later. At the moment, I was sitting there thinking, why in the world am I doing this? Because the Lord would tell me to do it. I'd be like, why in the world am I doing this? And then I'd do it and find out later why I did it. (laughs) And I remember one time I was preaching in the Midwest. And I was standing on the platform. And uh, I I had prayed for some people or whatever. But there was a young man standing down there with his hands raised. And I heard the Lord say, tackle that young man and lay hands on him and prophesy that god's going to use him to bring a radical anointing to a place that needs radical anointing (laughs) so i'm telling you i didn't delay i i look i just like moved quickly and jumped i jumped when he said tackle i didn't come over and slowly put the guy on the ground I like like Bill Goldberg in the WCW. I literally ran and jumped parallel off the steps of the platform and speared this dude, shoulder to stomach and into the ground. I mean, the Lord said tackle him. I went out full NFL, WCW, WWE tackle. Gave it to him. If God said it, I'm gonna do it to the best of my ability. <laughs> and I tackled this dude. His name was Mark. Put him into the ground. And begin to prophesy, God is about to use you to bring a radical anointing to a place that needs a radical anointing. Now we were in the Midwest, we were in Indiana and I I didn't even know the Lord was speaking to him and nobody knew, I don't think, because he told me later, he said, the Lord is speaking to me to leave this place because he was just a worker. He said to leave this place and to go start a church in California. I didn't know that. Nobody else knew that, but the Lord knew it, and he knew it, and he needed a radical anointing for a place that needed a radical anointing. I didn't know why I was tackling the dude and telling him that. <laughs> the Lord said, tackle him. He didn't say, lay hands on him. He didn't say, uh, you know, have him lift his hands. and that." No, he said, tackle him and let him know. And I ran out and tackled him. Well, I didn't know until later when he told me. That's what the Lord's telling me to do. He's telling me to leave here, go start a church in California, and he did it, and God used him to do it. I've told the story before. One time, my uncle, he was holding a pastor's conference in New York, and there was a, a pastor sitting on the front row, and while my uncle was preaching, nobody knew why he did it. He came right down off the front row and kicked that pastor right in the chest. I mean, a full-out front, boom, kick to the chest, sent the pastor sprawling backwards over the chairs, into the chairs behind. People were looking around like, what in the world is going on? What in the world is this? And he never referenced it. He just kept right on going, kicked him right in his chest. And the pastor came back with a testimony. He said, nobody knew this. He said, even my wife didn't know this. I didn't tell her because I didn't want her to worry. He said, but the doctor had given me such a bad report about my heart. He said, you're gonna have to stop pastoring your church. He said, you're gonna have to step down from the ministry. Your heart's going bad. He said, I got that report from the doctor. He said, then here comes Pastor Terry down, kicks me right in my chest where my heart is, kicks him. And when that pastor went back to the doctor, did another workup and the doctor came in and showed him the two different x-rays. Look at this, look at this. He said, it's not even the same heart. Not even the same heart. He said, what's been going on with you? It's not even the same heart that we saw last time. God did it. My uncle didn't know why he was kicking him in the chest. <laughs> he didn't know why. The Lord knew why. He was leading him to do that. Man has a new heart. And can I tell you, all these years later, and I think that that um, conference was either in 1999 or 2000. I think it was in the year 2000. And here we are 23 years. Years later, 24 years later, that man's still pastoring. That man is still pastoring today, 24 years later after that miracle. We don't know why we're doing things sometimes. But God will give us a secret. And when God gives us a secret, it'll take us higher. It'll take us higher. Let me read you another verse of scripture. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 32, For the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel, God's secret counsel, is with the upright. Look at that. The perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright. Proverbs 3 and verse 32. So people that are upright, people that are righteous people that are seeking God's face. He's going to share his secret counsel with those people. And that's going to be us in Jesus' name. God's going to show you things about your family, your business, your ministry, through fasting, prayer. He's going to give you secret counsel. And when you follow that secret counsel, it's going to change things forever. It's going to change things forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Same type of thought in Psalm 25, verse 14, Psalm 25, 14, the Bible says, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him and he will show them his covenant. Psalm 25, 14, you see that the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him and he will show them his covenant. We're looking at a group of people here joined together today that fear the Lord. And because you fear the Lord, his secret will be with you. He's going to show you his covenant. Hallelujah. He's going to show you his covenant. Glory to God. Makes a difference when you have access to the secrets of God. It makes a difference. Have you ever heard me tell the story about the man who was uh, hunting? He was out before sunrise in his deer stand, tree stand looking for deer. Uh, And he was sitting there praying, just praying under his breath, praying in the Holy Ghost. And as he's praying, the Lord starts to give him secrets, starts to give him ideas. I'm sure you've heard me tell this. He said, go home and showed him what to create and said, and call the patent office and get a patent on trees and rocks, false trees and rocks. He's like, what in the world? He goes home, draws out this plan, gets a wire cutter. Starts buying some styrofoam to work with and forms these, you know, fake rocks, fake trees, and starts working on a fake tree. Calls the patent office, said, I want to get a patent on trees and rocks. They laughed at him on the phone, laughed at him. He said, no, I'm serious. They called him back. They said, well, I'm sorry we laughed at you. It looks like we're going to give you the patent on trees and rocks. Got the patent, started building. God gave him an idea to build a specific kind of hunting blind. That looks like a big rotted out tree trunk or tree stump. It's huge. You can get in. It has a door. You can set a chair inside. It has a window. Huge. And it's so real looking that they have uh, trail cam footage of deer rubbing up on that deer, that, that hunting blind. Looks so real. So he's making it. Something happened something happened where he had partners that went bad or whatever and his business associates kind of left and the business looked like it wasn't going to make it. And he had all the stuff in his garage, you know, all the prototypes and all that. And a knock came on his door and he said, I went to open the door and there was a guy out there who looked like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. And he said, Hey, I heard you were working on a a project over here. And he said, yeah. He said, "Uh, can I see it? And he thought, here we go. This guy's got cargo shorts and a t-shirt on and sandals. He's like, you know, I guess I'll show it to him. Nobody else cares. He brings him into the garage and the guy's like, wow, this is awesome, man. This is amazing. He said, how much would it cost to get this into production? And they talked about what it would take and all that. The guy reaches down, pulls a checkbook out of his cargo shorts and begins to write a check to the man to get the uh, hunting blind into mass production. They get it into production and the man takes his prototype of his hunting blind to an expo to a hunting expo a man comes by his booth that owns all kinds of land in Texas hunting land and he looks at that blind he was so impressed with it he said how many of these do you have and he told him how many they'd produced that he bought every single one of the blinds made the creator a a multi-millionaire and then that's how it took off but think about the fact that all he had was a secret from God just a secret from God about what he wanted to do one secret from God turned his whole life around from there this is a christian man from there he from the hunting blind um company that he built he created a humanitarian organization to bless those in need. So now the idea God gave him is not just producing, it's not just blessing him and his family, but now the excess is going to bless those in need. So God raised him up as a pillar of generosity in his generation that the one idea, the one secret from God took him from a place where he's just sitting in a a tree stand waiting to hunt to a place where he's creating these things and it's bringing in millions of dollars and he's now got overflow to share with those in need. One secret from God. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Obanus said, can you explain what it actually means to fear the Lord? It doesn't mean to be afraid of God. It means to reverence him. As Beverly said, to esteem him highly. That's exactly right. To honor him. To serve him. But it only takes one idea. Just one. Just one. Listen to this. Let me read you another one. So powerful. People say, how was Job the, the wealthiest man in the east? I understand, where did he get all of his wealth from? Job himself tells what happened. Job 29 and verse 4. He's, he's lamenting, he's wishing for how he used to be before the trouble came. He said, oh, as I was in the days of my youth when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle. Oh, that I was in the days of my youth when the secret of God was upon Was upon my tabernacle. The reason Job was so blessed, he had the secret of God resting upon his tabernacle. He had access to God's secrets and it brought blessing to his life. Access to God's secrets brings blessing to your life. Let me say it again access to God's secrets brings blessing to your life. Hallelujah. Access to God's secrets brings blessing to your life. Let me say it one more time. Access to God, put it in the comments. Access to God's secrets brings blessing to your life. Hmm. Listen to this. God knows how to guide you specifically To places of uncommon increase. God knows how to lead you to a place of uncommon increase. That's what his secrets do. They lead you to a place of increase. When you listen to the leading of God, the voice of God, it brings you into God's blessing. Isaiah 48 and verse 17. Let's put that in our notes. Isaiah 48, 17. This is one of my favorite verses of scripture here in the Old Testament. The Bible says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God who teaches you to profit. Think of that. And leads you in the way you should go. There's many ways you could go, but there's only one way you should go. Let me say that again. There's many ways you could go, but there's only one way you should go. That's the leading of the Spirit. Many ways you could go, only one way you should go. He said, I'll lead you in the way you should go. I'll teach you to profit. Then look at what God says in verse 18. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river. Your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your offspring would have been like the sand. And your descendants like its grains. And their name would never be cut off or destroyed from before me. He said, if all you had to do was obey, as I showed you this secret way, how to profit and go the way you should go, and he said, if you'd have done it, you'd have had peace like a river, you'd have had righteousness like waves of the sea, your offspring would have been like the sand and descendants like its grains, your name would have never been cut off forever. Look at all the blessings that come from obeying one secret from God, one secret from God, He teaches you to profit. That's how you know God doesn't want you to decrease. He wants you to increase. He's teaching you to increase. This is your year of open heavens. Hallelujah. This is going to be your year of open heavens. Now, I know that's not for everybody, but it is for the faithful. You can't just do whatever you want and expect God to open heaven over your house, but it is for the faithful. It is for the diligent. It is for those that are pressing in, drawing near to God going to be your year of open heavens God doesn't want you to decrease his desire for you is to increase I never understand people that want to argue that no sometimes God wants to take you low wants to take you down he doesn't want to take you down there's never listen to me I am an imperfect father I'm an earthly imperfect father I have three children I have no desire at any time in the future including the past and including the present that I want my children to be brought low, to be without, to be struggling, to be hurting. (laughs) There's not one day in my life that's my desire for my children and I'm not God and I'm not the heavenly father and I'm not perfect. I'm an imperfect father as Jesus described in Matthew chapter seven. He said, you earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children. Yes. Because even earthly fathers, unless they're, you know, brain dead, right? I have, I've never had one desire for my children to be brought low. I don't want to see my children destroyed. I don't want to see my children impoverished. I don't want to see my children sick. I don't want to see my children depressed. I don't want to see my children struggle, barely get by, not make it. No, That will never be my children's story, and if I have anything to say about it, I will make sure, and I do by faith, I will make sure every one of my children increase steadily and are greatly blessed throughout their whole life, throughout their whole life. I'm making it my business because the Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So I'm not done blessing until I not only bless my kids, but I bless their kids. And I make it my business to see that my children are never brought low, but they increase steadily until Jesus comes. And I'm an imperfect father. Think about that. So what do you think your heavenly father has in store for you? He has massive things in store for his faithful children. Massive. It is never, if you're going through an issue where it's like, well, it's, I'm going through an attack right now and I've had some setbacks, you can be sure that's not from God. That gets taught from the pulpit because there are preachers that are plain stupid. They're just stupid. So that doesn't sound kind. I'm speaking exactly how I should speak because God loves more than anything his children. Imagine if I went away on a long trip and left my children in the care of some guardian and they said, well, you know, I want, you know, I'm sure it's his will that his children really struggle and suffer while he's gone so they can learn to be strong. I would come back and call that person stupid. I said, you're an idiot. You think you think that I left my children in your care because I wanted my children to struggle? You're an idiot. We'd have stronger words than that when I got back and I found out how he treated my children and let them go from struggle to struggle, problem to problem, poverty to issues. We'd have a lot more than words. And that's why... Jesus said to Peter, do you truly love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Then feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Then feed my lambs. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. Then shepherd my sheep. Notice, Jesus was saying, if you love me, here's how you can prove it. Treat my children very well. Feed them, feed them, feed them, shepherd them. That means care for them. Care for them. How does the Lord take care? How is the Lord who is our shepherd? How does he take care of us? The Lord is my shepherd I shall not lack. He leads me. Right? Makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters, restores my soul. That's how a shepherd takes care of the sheep. Take them to take them to pastures where there's plenty to eat. Lead them behind beside still waters where nothing's going to uh, uh spook them. So they can drink in peace. Restore their soul. Anoint their head with oil, keep pests away. That's how a good shepherd takes care of the sheep. And that's what Jesus was saying. He was saying, if you truly love me, Peter, then feed my sheep, feed my lambs, shepherd my sheep, because the thing I care about more than anything is my children. And if there are pastors, hear what I'm saying, if there are pastors that are so stupid that they cause, that their teaching causes God's children to go through abuse, they will answer to God for that. They will answer to God for that. Because God doesn't want that for his children. The Bible's clear in James chapter 1. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father above, in whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God doesn't change his mind about how he feels about you, ever. And if it's not a good gift, it's not from God. Well, you know, God put this cancer on you to teach you a lesson. God's not a child abuser. You know, God's got you going through this to teach you a lesson. God doesn't need to abuse you to teach you a lesson. He can lead you by the Spirit. He can speak to you by His Word. He doesn't need to slap you around to teach you a lesson. It's not who God is. Well, God's allowing this to happen so that you can learn to depend more fully on Him. Stupid absolutely stupid and they're teaching those things and what happens through that teaching is christians start to believe that way about god so that when they go through a problem they're not sure whether it's the devil attacking or god trying to teach a lesson you see that so what does that do to god's children it puts them in a place of double-mindedness i don't even know should i stand against this should i pray against this should i believe for it to go Because I don't know if it's God teaching me a lesson. I don't know if it's the devil attacking. Which one is it? If it's not good, it's not from God. That's an easy theology lesson. If it's not good, it's not from God. Sickness. If sickness was good, why did Jesus come to heal it? If sickness is good, Jesus should have come to the earth to put sickness on a bunch of people. This is how the Lord will strengthen you. He's going to teach you to rely more fully on him. So I'm going to impart some sickness to you. That's not what Jesus did. Every time Jesus met with sickness, he treated it like an enemy and destroyed it. He destroyed it. That's God's desire. Did God, when he saw his children in lack, whether it was Old Testament or new, did he say, hey, let me just continue allowing you to just experience more lack than you had before. I need you to have more lack. No, absolutely not. Old Testament, God would send prophets to people and They were struggling. They were in famine. They were in drought. And the prophets would do a thing and bring abundance and increase to the people, even in an Old Testament context. Jesus would provide. Look at all these people coming out into the wilderness. They've got no food. They've got nothing. They've come out here to hear me teach. What can we feed them? Jesus' first question in John chapter 6 5,000 men plus women and children. What can we feed them? I want to feed them, I want there to be abundance. And when the five loaves and two fish came into his hand, did he just multiply a little bit so everybody had a communion amount, a little piece of bread, little piece of fish? No. The Bible says he fed that crowd until they had all eaten and were full and wanted no more. He stuffed them. Jesus stuffed them because his desire is overflow and increase. He leads you to profit. If it's good, it's from God. If it's bad, it's not. We don't serve a bad God. We don't serve an evil God, an abusive God. He's a good God. He's a loving Heavenly Father who gives good gifts to those that ask Him. He's a God of more than enough. And when He's giving you these secrets, He's giving them to you so that you increase, so that you're blessed, so that you're healed, so that you see things you've never seen and make an impact. Why do you think in Deuteronomy chapter 28, And I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. Why do you think in Deuteronomy chapter 28, he starts off giving these instructions like this because he's, you know, he he gives them all these instructions, but listen to what he says in 28 verse one. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord, your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you this day, the Lord, your God will set you on high above the nations of the earth. Why do you think he gave him commandments? So that he could set them on high above the nations of the earth so that he could bless them. God requires obedience to bless you. God requires faithfulness to bless you. It's a prerequisite. So why does he give you instructions? Why did he speak to his people in the Old Testament? Why did he speak to his people in the New Testament? Why did he give us his word? So that he could bless us. Hallelujah. Let me read you Acts 20. Go to Acts 20. This will be the last thing I give you. He's given you secrets. Hear me. He's going to show you things that you're to do with your ministry. He's going to show you things you're to do with your business. He's going to show you things you should do with your family. He's going to show you things about the future as you press in and pray. What did he tell Jeremiah as you're going to Acts chapter 20? Listen to Jeremiah 33 and verse 3. This is to the prophet. Call to me and I'll answer you. And I will tell you great and hidden things that you've not known. Now that's to the prophet Jeremiah. The prophet Jeremiah wasn't even filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost would come upon him and he'd prophesy. But nobody could be filled with the Holy Ghost in the old covenant. So Jeremiah would have the Holy Ghost come upon. him. We got a better covenant. We're not waiting for the Holy Ghost to come upon us. He dwells within us. He's with us forever. He leads us and guides us into all truth. He can speak to us at any moment. And when he speaks to us at any moment, guess what? He's going to show us hidden things. Like like the stories I've been telling you, hidden things, things we don't know. That's what's going to happen for you in Jesus' name. Acts 20 and verse 32. I often quote this verse. Paul speaking to the Ephesian elders. And now I commend you to God. And to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. There's a reason he gave us this word. There's a reason he speaks to us by his spirit. He has an inheritance to give to us that belongs to all the people that have been sanctified. God wants to give us an inheritance. Hallelujah. God wants to pour out an inheritance upon us. There's something that we've been given through the life, death, resurrection, ascension of Christ. It's been purchased for us by his own precious blood. A priceless inheritance the Bible says in another in another passage. Here, I want to give you the inheritance among all those that are sanctified. What, what come? The secrets of God. This book is the secrets of God. The speaking word of the Holy Spirit. Secrets of God. And when he speaks to you, be quick to listen. Think about that. When God speaks to you, be quick to listen to what he's saying. Hallelujah. Be quick to hear what he is saying. And obey. And when you obey, it unlocks the blessings of heaven. When you obey, it unlocks the blessings of heaven. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm telling you, I feel this strong in my spirit. God is setting us up for a financial year like we've never had, ever. I want you to receive this into your spirit today. God is setting us up for a financial year like we've never had. He's transferring things into our hands. He's transferring inheritance. He's transferring properties and land into our hands. He's transferring uh, new business deals, contracts, clients. Oh yeah, bonuses, promotions, commissions. He is transferring things. This is going to be the best financial year that we've ever had in the mighty name of Jesus. That's why God is speaking to people to sow specific seeds. Because there's only a harvest once there's been a seed. I want you to put that in the comments. There's only a harvest once there's been a seed. Get that in your spirit. Put it in the comments. There's only a harvest once there's been a seed. And I'm telling you that during times of prayer and fasting, God speaks to people to sow seed that is uncommon. In fact, I want you to pray. I want you to pray. Because during this time of prayer and fasting, God's going to speak to you about an uncommon seed that you've never sown that's going to unlock your 2024. Get ready. Get ready for what God's about to do. Get ready for what God's about to do. It's going to be uncommon. People will see it or hear about it and be like, man, that's amazing. How how did you get that hookup? How'd that happen for you? It's It's only the Lord that can do it. Only God can do it. And so I want you to pray, and we're going to pray together for breakthroughs and miracles in just a moment, but I feel this leading in my spirit. God is speaking to some people right now to sow uncommon seeds. The information's on the screen. Do what the Lord's telling you to do. Maybe the Lord is speaking to you to partner with this ministry on a monthly basis. Do it. If that's uncommon for you, if that produces faith for you, do what's uncommon. When you do what's uncommon for God, God will do what's uncommon for you. Expect your business to flourish. You know, there's people watching me right now that God is going to give you your own. Man, I feel this. He's giving you your own business in 2024. You've never had a business before. You've never had a business, but he's going to not only give you a business idea, he's going to give you the actual business and things are going to take off like they've never taken off in 2024. Give God something to work with. Put a seed in the ground and watch the harvest quickly come back into your spirit. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to tell you something. When our ministry was at a place where we felt like we couldn't break through the glass ceiling, that we kept hitting that level, that level, that level, that level. I've told this before. We sowed. A ten thousand dollar seed into Bishop David Oyedepo. I went to one of his conferences here in the United States of America. As he was leaving, I made sure that I had it, and I I was in the kind of the corridor, the hallway before he was leaving with his staff, and I and I said, "God bless you, Bishop. This is not for the church. This is for you personally." And I took that ten thousand dollars. My wife and I believed in faith. I said, "Our ministry is getting ready to go to another place. It's going to be uncommon." And I took that, put it in his hand. He said, thank you, God bless you. Can I tell you, from that moment, our ministry began to explode. From that moment, it was an uncommon seed for us. It was an uncommon seed for us. This year, we were ready for more. We knew that we had to do more than we'd ever done in the history of our life or ministry as we're in this new year of starting the church. When I say this year, I'm talking about the year last year when we started the church, 2023. It was our first time ever with these two aspects of ministry. Our evangelistic ministry, the church was launching in West Palm Beach. And I said, I know we have to do something significant that we've never done, ever. And we sowed $100,000 seed in 2023, which ended up being by far the largest year our ministry has ever seen, ever. Ever by at least double though and the only the only year that was even close to it was the year before that's it. I'm telling you by double I said I know we got to do it we have to sow an uncommon seed and we sowed a hundred thousand dollar seed and I'm telling you God doubled the ministry in 2023. <laughs> Hallelujah what is he going to do in 2024? But notice what it followed. It always follows an uncommon seed. Now, I'm just telling you where we were. Everybody's at a different place. What's uncommon to some is common to others. And so you have to look and be introspective. What's uncommon to me? What does my faith require? What does my honor require? And when God speaks, step out by faith because a harvest only comes once there's been a seed. So, Father, I pray you speak to every person today. Those that are watching live, replay, those that are listening on the podcast, what is it that you would speak to them? What's uncommon during this time of fasting and prayer? That as we sow it, it will unlock the future you have for us in 2024. Your word is clear that when we sow seed, whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. If we sow bountifully, we we reap bountifully. we sow sparingly, we reap sparingly. We're ready for a bountiful harvest in 2024 in the name of Jesus. And we thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Now, if you're ready to sow that today, sow it. But sometime during this 21-day fast, I want that uncommon thing to be your gateway into God's uncommon thing. Hallelujah. In fact, say it with me this way. My uncommon thing... Is a gateway to God's uncommon thing. My uncommon thing is a gateway to God's uncommon thing. My uncommon thing is a gateway to God's uncommon thing. What you make happen for God's house, God makes happen for your house. Thank you, Jesus. What you make happen for God's house, God makes happen for your house. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I'm praying for you today. We're going to believe for miracles right now. We're going to join our faith that God's going to give us secrets about the future, that we're going to see what we've never seen, have what we've never had, go where we've never gone, and do what we've never done in 24. Hallelujah. Father, we come to you today in the mighty name of Jesus. So thankful for all that you've done in us thankful for all that you've produced in our families, thankful for where you brought us in 2023. Lord, thank you for bringing us through another year in total victory. Thank you, Lord, that though 2023 may have been the best year of our life for others, maybe it was the worst year, but 2024 is gonna be far better than 2023 in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you that though we experienced the greatest year of ministry we ever had, In 2023, we're going to have the same again, greater than we've ever had in 2024, because your kingdom is based upon never ending increase. And so today we thank you that that never ending increase is hitting in all, all cylinders, all cylinders are firing right now by the power of the Holy ghost. We're not ramping up to the best. We're walking in the best. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give you praise that you're already working behind the scenes to make things available that were previously unavailable by the power of your spirit. Open doors that would not open. Your word declares in the book of Revelation chapter 3 that you hold the key of David in your hand. And when you open doors, no man can shut them. And when you close doors and lock them, nobody can open them. So Lord, I thank you right now that you're opening doors that no devil can shut, that no man or woman with a wicked agenda or plan can shut. You're opening doors to us and we will run through doors of opportunity, miraculous doors, doors of favor, doors of grace. We are running through in 2024 open doors. And I thank you, Lord, that you're keeping them open for us. Nobody can shut what you've opened in Jesus' mighty name. But Lord, you also said that you're closing and locking doors. And I thank you that no devil can access our life, our family, our business, our ministry, because you're closing and locking doors and locking every wicked thing out And locking us into our promise. Locking us into our covenant. Lord, the same way you did with Noah. He built the ark. He did everything you told him to do. He got the animals on the ark. He got his family on the ark. But there's one thing he could not do. And that is close the door of the ark. The ark that was his protection. The ark that was his covenant. The ark that was his blessing and preservation. But you closed the door. The Bible says God shut the door. And when you shut the door on that ark, Lord, you were not putting Noah in prison. You were putting him in his blessing. You were protecting him in his place of preservation and favor. You were preserving his family forever. Hallelujah. And I thank you. You're doing the same for us. That though the wicked are trying to destroy the church, though the plans of the wicked are against the plans of God, you are locking every door and locking the wicked out of our covenant, locking every demonic force out of our homes, our families, our lives, our bodies, our ministries, our businesses. In the name of Jesus, we are gonna outrun our enemies in 2024. A new momentum comes upon your people, and we thank you, Lord, that there's gonna be a supernatural increase like we've never seen, that the good gifts that you have prepared and planned for us are falling down. They're raining down from heaven in the name of Jesus Christ. Raining down from heaven. I give you glory for that. I give you praise for that. That our bodies will be strengthened in 2024. I thank you. No sickness, no disease, no evil thing can come near our dwelling place in 2024. We're walking in total health. We're walking in total strength. Thank you for putting a hedge of protection behind us. We give you praise. Uh, around us and, and you're watching out from behind. Your word declares that you become our rear guard. That means that the devil can't even launch a sneak attack against the children of God because you are our rear guard. you got our backs. You're watching over us from behind. At the same time, you go out ahead of us and make the crooked places straight and deal with every enemy, every roadblock, every hindrance. And we give you thanks for that today. We give you praise for that today. Hallelujah. You're watching over us from behind and you go out ahead of us. But then you're a shield around us. Hallelujah. You're a shield around us. You're our glory and the lifter of our head. You are our glory and the lifter of Of our head. So today we thank you that you're lifting our heads to look toward what you're doing. Our eyes are upon the prize. We've set our minds on things above, not on things of this earth. We have expectation of your goodness and your mercies. We don't expect to be destroyed. We don't expect to be harmed. We don't expect to be diminished. We expect to run with a new favor and a new strength in 2024 in Jesus' name. Lord, take our children to another level this year. Anoint them by the fire of the Holy Ghost. I pray that if they're not filled with the Spirit, that you would fill them with the Holy Ghost at the earliest possible age. If there are people that have children not serving the Lord, let this be the year of household salvation for your children in Jesus' name. Our grandchildren will be filled with the power of God. They'll never look like the world looks. Our grandchildren will never go from crisis to crisis and issue to issue, but they're going from blessing to blessing in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for that. I ask you, Lord, to do uncommon things for your faithful people who are seeking you in an uncommon way. Lord, as our uncommon thing is the gateway to your uncommon thing. Lord, we've committed ourselves to fast and pray for 21 days. We know not everybody's willing to do that, but we're willing to do that. And your word declares that when we seek after you, when we diligently seek you, you reward those who diligently seek you. So today we thank you that we're in position for supernatural rewards in 2024. In fact, I ask you before this month comes to an end, reward your children in Jesus name, reward your children in Jesus name. Let us see clear, spectacular, magnificent rewards, not small stuff. We're not believing for small stuff. Not things that can be swept under the rug. Big things. We're believing you for things no eye has seen, no ear has heard. We're believing you for things, Lord, that are so magnificent that it causes even unbelievers to be amazed. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you're always taking hold of those who are meek, who are humble, and your word declares you lift us up. If you humble yourself before the Lord, he will exalt you. And so we humble ourselves before you, Lord. Times of fasting and prayer, we push the plate away. We humble ourselves and we seek you. And your word declares that when we humble ourselves before the Lord, he will exalt you. And so, Lord, we thank you that we're in position today to be exalted by your mighty right hand. Lift us up head and shoulders above our generation. Make us a city set upon a hill, a light that cannot be hidden in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you today. We give you praise. We give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.